Breaking Addiction series. We like to preach in monthly themes here to kind of stay with a thought for several weeks. And so we are talking about addictions and how to break them in our lives. And so today we're talking about why me? Why are we prone to addictions? What is it in us that uh, makes us susceptible to having addiction? And so I just have the schedule here for you if you want to see if um, what is coming on the week. You can take a screenshot and see what's coming up. So last week we talked about admitting your addictions and Pastor Peter talked about the power of confession and how that is so important in this process. And so today we're looking at why we become addicted why we're prone to uh, do those things. And so before we begin, I, want with, I have something I would like you to keep in mind, not just today, but through this whole month. And that is that we recognize, and I just want to say the obvious thing, which is that there is certainly differences between certain addictions. So if you're wrestling with a, a methamphetamine addiction, that is very different than addiction to using your cell phone every day and picking it up and scrolling every 10 minutes. They're both addictions, but like the consequences and the stakes are very different. And so online and that will listen to this later and I just want to speak to both sets of people so if you're here and you are wrestling through addiction that is like high stakes like your life is on the line your marriage might be on the line your kids might be on the line I don't want you to be discouraged today because we we're going to just throw out throughout this month lots of examples sugar addiction shopping addiction you know uh, uh porn addiction just all kinds of things and if you're sitting here and you are like fighting for your life. I don't want you to get discouraged. Like, man, this is not the place for me. Like, God doesn't have an answer to me. If they're talking about a shopping addiction, that doesn't come close to what I'm going through. Don't be discouraged. God does have an answer for you. You are supposed to be here. And there is no addiction too far gone that he cannot redeem and restore and set you free. Okay? So let's start there. On the other hand, if you're here and you're like, yeah, I'm not addicted to any substances, my marriage isn't on the line, I'm cool. I say to you, don't sit back and coast. Don't sit back and coast or judge, because listen, anything that I am putting in front of my relationship with God, anything that I'm going to, whether that's my cell phone, social media, TV at the end of the night, anything I'm going to to be my rest and my peace, then that means I have made an idol in front of God. And so my relationship with God is not where it needs to be. That's a sin in my life. So no matter where you are today in this month, do not be discouraged. Know that God has a word for you. So we're not worried about who's sitting to the right or the left of us. We are here to hear from the Lord today of what he would have to say to us. So let's begin. Um, I do want to encourage that if you missed last week or if you have to miss any week in this series, I, I do want to encourage you to go ahead and go on and listen to the podcast or to catch up because we really are building each week off of the next. And so there's not time each week to then review the foundation we had to lay to get to this week. So I just want to encourage you, if you missed last week's, it would be very important to, to go listen to that. And we're actually jumping off of a point from last week. So we're going to repeat two things we talked, Pastor Peter talked about last week, which is when we are talking about addictions, there are two things typically that we are desiring, that we are looking for when we are in addiction, and that is escape from pain or an experience of peace. And so let me give you just a very practical example of this. If you are someone in this room that has experienced chronic pain in your life, 
you know like there is a source of pain and medication brings me relief. That's a very obvious you know, example we can use, that if you're in pain, medication brings relief and it also brings you peace so that you can sleep at night through that pain. But when we're talking about addiction, pain certainly can be a portal into addiction, but most addictions aren't starting from a physical pain but we still are seeking escape from some kind of pain and wanting some kind of peace. And most often it's emotional pain and inner turmoil and inner pain that we are seeking the relief from, even if we don't realize it, even if it's not like a connected thought, like I'm hurting inside, so I'm gonna do this thing. Often that is what we are seeking when we're talking about addiction. And so it's difficult this morning a little bit. Why this morning is going to be more difficult is because emotional pain, pain moments from our past, burdens, emotional burdens that we, we picked up as, as we grew up, that's not as easy to figure out as physical pain. If I break my arm, I know where it hurts and why it hurts, and I know who can fix it, you know? But emotional pain, inner turmoil disturbed thoughts, that is harder to pinpoint the source. And so today we're gonna to ask the Holy Spirit to help us with that. And this week, in your small groups, in your quiet time with the Lord, if you reach out to a mentor, talk with your spouse, this is kind of what we're gonna be focused on this week, is asking God to help us uh, connect those moments of pain uh, to, to habits we have now. So at the source, most addictions will be stemmed from a point of pain or an emotional burden. And an example of this is if you struggle with having peace in your mind, you know, there's been seasons of my life that have been difficult or I have felt a lot of failure or like guilt over things I've done wrong. And there's been times where it's like, man, I just, I just need to turn the TV on at night because I can't get the, I just need to get my mind off these things. And so that's how these things can begin, that we're just seeking peace. And so we are looking for something else to distract us or give us the peace we're looking for. And it's, it's also from pain points in childhood, whether they're large or small, intentional or unintentional. These pain points, these burdens, are not something we necessarily even think about, but they can be the underlying issue. And so let's look at a scripture here, because what we want to focus on today is that Jesus, if you are a believer, we know that Jesus is supposed to be our rest. He is our refuge, and that's what we want to get to today. So Psalm 62, yes, my soul, find rest in God. My hope comes from him. Truly he is my rock and my salvation. He is my fortress. I will not be shaken. My salvation and my hope, my salvation and my honor depend on God. He is my mighty rock, my refuge. Trust in him at all times, you people. Pour out your hearts to him, for God is our refuge. Amen. I love this. Our refuge, our rest, our, our, our honor, that's so interesting, depends on God. He is to be the source of that. In any other way that we try to create rest and peace, they will fall short. Even if you create the most beautiful, wonderful family, that nothing is an unending source of rest and peace like Jesus is. Everything else will fall short and then it becomes out of balance in our life when we're putting all our dependence on that thing to bring us refuge and peace. And so, just a question to think about, what do we turn to at the end of the day for rest? What is that thing? 
the end of a week. There's many things that aren't sinful, that's fine to enjoy, we should do those things. But is there something that it's like, man, yeah, at the end of the day, I, I have to do this thing, have this thing, in order to just like mark the end of my day, to, to just relax and rest. We need to be checking those things because our rest should be in Christ. So, as we think this morning about um, how to kind of discover, is there things from my past, are there pain points that I need to work through? There's many ways you could go about trying to hunt that down. I'm just going to give you one thing that can be um, a way to identify. So, a way to identify emotional pains and burdens is disproportionate emotions. This means if you're seeing that you have emotions that don't fit the situation, they're just not the right reaction for the moment. That's a clue. It's like when your check engine light turns on in your car. How many just keep driving? Woo! It's just a light. It just turns on. I keep going. Still runs, still starts. We're all good. But it's a light that's saying, hey, 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 hey. You should check something out. Something is up on the inside, and it's going to turn into a bigger something if you don't look into it. And that's what um, our emotions can be. So just some quick, simple Examples would be, uh, you, there's many times we overreact. Maybe a small situation, something doesn't go my way, and I just totally overreact. I blow it, I'm angry, or I'm breaking down, or I shut down and I refuse to talk about it for, for, for small, just normal life things that don't go right. I'm not talking about the bad day. We're all, we all have the bad day, the day the dog dies, or the engine blows up. And I'm not talking about hard days. I mean just recurring life things, and you're realizing, you're starting to notice like your emotions um, are disproportionate to, to what the situation is. And I'm going to give you a personal example in a moment of that. But before I go there, let me just say this could also happen with an underreaction. There may be times where something has happened, grief, a loss of a loved one, the death of a relationship. And it's like, y'all, grief is awful. Grief is terrible. It's horrible to have to go through. But you should feel it. You know, like that, that means your emotions are healthy and alive, that you're able to feel all that grief and, and just the, the difficulty of that. So if you're someone that's like, yeah, things happen, I'm just like, all right, life goes on, doesn't really, doesn't really affect me, that, that's a little check engine light. Something might be off. We might need to follow that thread <laughs> back to see why aren't you feeling this thing that you should feel. So I'm just going to give you a really quick example from, one example from my life, and I have asked my sister to share this part of her testimony, because if you don't know that she openly shares it, you might be like, girl, you're sharing all her business. But she's like, no, please, use this example. So if you would like to speak to her after, she's, she would love to tell you her full testimony and, and pray with you and talk with you. But when I was growing up, I have four siblings, and one of them, Sarah, she was a dancer, and she was a, a professional ballerina. She was very good, very talented, very dedicated, very disciplined. And so... Uh, but during this time, she developed an eating disorder and she became anorexic. If you know anything about like the professional dance world, it's a very uh, intense and, and unhealthy uh, atmosphere. But she developed anorexia. And so I watched this as a child because she was young. She, she became a professional. They hired her at the age of 15. So it was very, you know, through young parts of my childhood. And the difficulty of watching my older sister like starving to death and the complications she had with food was very confusing to me. And so I would see my parents, you know, say, you are not going to dance unless you eat this food. You need fuel for your body. You're not going to dance unless you eat it. And so she would eat it so she could go to dance, but then I'd just watch her fret over the calories and reading every label and wondering. So all that to say, 
It was um, a, a difficult time, difficult to watch her go through that. Now, fast forward, God healed her of that. She actually walked away from um, Orlando Ballet. She was about 18 years old. She's like, this is not good for me. It's taking me off uh, the path I think God has for me. So she gave up that career, and she actually started the Northwest Dance Studio, which has brought so many people into this church. So we, we, we know, we understand that God can restore that. He, he has healed her. She's been restored. So please, talk to her about her testimony. It, it's really a powerful story. However, fast forward, and, you know, a couple years ago, I realized, like, I have some really strange emotions around food. <laughs> and so if this, is, this has happened to some of my friends, I'm just letting you know, like, sorry, I know, I'm a little crazy. But, like, if we go to dinner and you don't eat that that's like, that messes me up. It messes me up. And I like feel mad and I'm like angry. And I'm like, why are you not eating? If we're at a party and someone's not eating at that party, I notice and I'm wondering why you're not eating. And it doesn't matter that there are logical reasons. And I know that there's logic. It's like, maybe they just ate before they got here. Maybe there's, they, they have allergies. They know that there would not be anything they could eat. Maybe they have health concerns. I can know it here, but in here... It makes me, like, big mad. Mad. And so I was just like, this is very, and David's like, this is very strange. Like, why are you mad that I'm not eating when you're eating? And I'm like, I don't know. I don't know, but I'm angry, and you need to put something in your mouth. Put food in your mouth! <laughs> and so... It was a few years ago that I'm like, what is going on? And so I was like, this is not, you know, I would say that's a disproportionate emotion to something, you know, that, that, that is a little weird. And so I, you know, you have to understand that even though I understand something logically, like I understand, oh, you just ate at work? Okay. Uh, but in here, it's a seven-year-old girl screaming in her head at her sister, please eat, I don't want you to die. And that's like the emotion that I've carried with food you know, my whole life until I realized, like, I got to detangle that. I got to, like, take that burden and give it to God because there's, you know, all kinds of ramifications of what, you know, not wanting to have a healthy relationship food that would do to me. So that's just one example that the emotion inside doesn't fit the situation. And so the questions this week to think about, I've put your small group questions throughout this. What disproportionate emotions do you see reoccurring in your life? And this takes some thought. It's like, to you, it's going to feel normal that you feel that way about this thing. And sometimes it takes another person to be like, what's up, friend? Like, why are, we, why are you shutting down? Like, we just, we just disagreed on, on, on what movie to see. Why are you not talking to me all night long? You know, it, sometimes it takes friends or a spouse to help you see, because to you, it maybe probably feels normal. And also the Holy Spirit, we can ask him this week, Lord... Is there something, is there, are there emotions that are out of balance in my life and is it like a sign of something I need to work through? And so let me just, I'm just going to read off some examples that consider if your family kept secrets from each other, yelled and screamed when disagreeing, didn't show emotions, lived in poverty, had a family member who had addiction issues, experienced tragedy or extreme difficulty, were workaholics, abusive, you had a parent that abandoned you, you moved a lot, the list can be endless, but if you went through difficult things it is very likely that there are pain points or emotional burdens that you took on as a child that wasn't your burden to bear. 
my parents were handling as best they could the situation with my sister. They weren't like, Aslan, figure it out! You know, it wasn't on me, but as a child, you don't know that. I've just seen like this struggle. I'm seeing my mom sneak raw eggs in the shakes that Sarah would drink. And then I'm seeing her, I'm finding food she hid in the car that my parents think she ate. And so just seeing this burden, feeling burdened, even though it wasn't my burden to take. And so the same is true for you. If you went through difficult things, you may have had the best parents in the world, but as children, we just take on these burdens. We take on these pain points. Even if, if your parent didn't put that on you, we just pick them up because of what we felt. And so that's the second question for you to think about this week or talk about in small group. Were there issues you felt burdened by growing up? And this matters because addictions are an attempt to escape pain or to have a sense of peace in your mind, in your spirit. And so we're taking time today. I know this week is kind of like the want, want of the week of this, but it's like we got to go there. We got to go there to, to find the, to, to be able to lay our burdens on Jesus, to be able to say, here's what I've been burdened by God. You take it from me now. You take it off me now, please God. And so I want to just pause right here and say for a moment that today is not about making you feel guilty as a parent. Okay, and that's, this is a really difficult line to walk because I'm a parent. I'm a parent to young children. And so I know 100% that I make mistakes every day. I know my kids are going to be on the kids' encounter forgiving me for things I'm doing that either are wrong or they perceive as wrong. You know, either way, I know that. I know that. And so today, please, if you're just sitting there like feeling condemned because you're thinking of all the mistakes you've made as a parent, or maybe your kids are grown and you're like, oh my gosh, all their problems are probably for me. No, peace. I'm speaking peace over you today. This is not about condemnation. This is not about guilt. Listen, we just, we're not trying to find the villain of the family so that we can then put them on a, burn them at the stake and be like we're free this isn't about that but we have to be able to identify the burden and if we feel too bad being honest like I, for years I wrestled because I'm like I'm not mad at my sister she was fighting for her life like she was struggling the enemy was trying to take her out I have no bad feelings towards her but if I just can't acknowledge that like her wrestle caused a burden in me, it wasn't her fault, but if I can't say that, then I can't be released of my burden. And so I say the same to you, and if you're a parent and you're like, oh my gosh, I got it wrong. Listen, the world is afraid of shame because the world has no way to deal with shame. And so it's like we're trying to create this society where we're removing all these standards because it's like, well, I, I don't have a way of dealing with feeling bad about not reaching that standard, so let's just remove the standard. But listen, Christians do not fear shame. Because we have a Savior that came, took our sin, and took all shame to the cross. So listen, we give it to, we give it to God. You're gonna make, you made mistakes. I'm currently making mistakes. And I don't live in shame or condemnation. I go to God and say, God, renew me. Renew me. Forgive me. Renew me. Help, help me make better choices today. Renew my mind to think like you think. And so the more we tell our testimony, also this is what Paul says, here's a scripture you can study this week, 2 Corinthians, but he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, my power is perfected in weakness, therefore I will most gladly boast all the more about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may reside in me. So we're not trying to be like, yeah, I'm the best parent, I don't make mistakes, or but I'm also not going to be like, oh, I'm the worst, I screwed, listen, 
we share our testimony, we say, you know what? I got some stuff wrong. I made some mistakes, but God, but God came in and he changed me. He restored me. He changed the situation. He healed me. And I am believing that he's going to do the same for the rest of my family. And so the more we share our testimony, the more God gets the glory. It's not because I look like mom of the year. So I'm like, woo. No, I'm not. But Christ moving in me helps me be renewed to his likeness. And so we don't fear shame. Um, I'm going to have the dance studio come out. I actually asked them uh, to, if they would consider creating a dance for us today. And so they're going to just be getting set while I kind of explain why we do this. The reason we at this church love to incorporate arts, like we love music and we love dance and creative movement, is because God speaks to us in different ways. And so you might be here and you may, may be like, I am a facts-only person. Give me the facts, the bullet points, that's all I need. And that's good. Others of you here are like, words don't mean anything. I'm just lost in the weeds. I got to see it. I got to feel it. I got to hear it through music. God speaks to us in many different ways. And so we like to incorporate, incorporate that when we can. Um, mm -hmm, thank you. Yeah. And so... I asked them to create a dance today to kind of help, for those of you that are more visual, uh, maybe seeing it portrayed is going to help bring up memories or thoughts or pain moments or burdens you picked up. And so I'm actually going to take the moment to literally talk you through this scene. Because those of you that are here that are like, it's not for me, friend. I don't understand art. I don't understand dancing. Those moves look cool, but I don't know what it means. Let me walk you through the scene because I don't want to waste the one little song we have in you trying to figure it out the whole time. So that way you can just sit back and, and, and see what the Lord says to you. So this is our young woman. This, it's her life, and she's, you're going to see her in the first few seconds of the song. You're going to see her kind of wrestling through the addictions she's working through. And so she's gonna, there's going to be some, some movement <laughs> with this thing. This is a scale, if you can't see it scale to weigh herself. So you're going to see her interact with that, and then you're also going to see uh, her with addiction to pornography. This represents pornography. And so you've got a few seconds in the beginning to see her as a young adult now. But what's going to happen is she's going to think back to her childhood. So when you come here, when she comes here, this is her memory, okay? This is a memory of her father. This is her dad. This is the memory of her mother. And then you're also going to see her as a 10-year-old girl. She's going to pop up. So that's what you have. You have her thinking back to these moments in her childhood, moments where pain points or burdens that she picked up, and you're going to see her as an adult wrestling through that and also watching herself as a 10-year-old girl interact. And so you'll see moments where her mother is coming over here to, to the scale, stepping on the scale, uh, representing just like vanity and over-concern with how she looks, how she's portrayed, perfectionism. So that's what's happening when you see the mom over here. And then you'll see the dad wrestling with a pornography addiction. Um, you'll see her phone at times. That's what you're going to see. But I want to say this before we do it. One more clarification. The beautiful thing about art is that the artist does have a meaning in mind when they create the thing. 
but art also is open to the interpreter. So, so you may not resonate with the, just the particular addictions we chose to represent for the dance. So maybe for you, seeing this wrestle with the scale is not really about vanity or weight, but more about standards of perfectionism. It's like maybe you felt like things were never good enough. Your career choices, your school choices. It doesn't have to be about vanity and weight. And the same thing with the father. Looking through the magazine, maybe for you it's like, no, no, no it wasn't porn. But to me, that, that represents work. I always felt second to his work. I felt second. So I just want you, I want you to know what's happening here, but also know that the Holy Spirit... He might show you something totally different than our intention here. And that's what we want you to experience today. So let's give a few minutes and let God speak to you about your burdens and your pain points through art. I don't know what pain points you experienced as a child, what emotional burdens you may have picked up. But I know that God can heal you of those. And that as we move towards healing in Jesus Christ, that our addictions, we, are, we can be freed from those. And so my prayer today and this week, we're asking the Holy Spirit, help us, help us connect those things. You can think, well, when am I ever going to be over this? It's a lifelong process of connecting uh, the, these things we've experienced, these pain, these burdens, to, to, to giving those to Jesus and being free. And one day we'll be free from all of it and we're with them in eternity. But part of uh, this process is that we have to identify that burden so that we can then give that burden back <laughs> to the person that gave it to, give it over to God. Say, I see that I took this burden on, but, but I'm, I'm letting that go now. I, it wasn't mine to carry and I'm giving it back. So let's stand as we pray today. <clears throat> and I want to encourage you too, if you, if you haven't read the book Becoming Unstuck, we have it in the back. And, and Pastor Peter is just going to give it out today for free. You don't have to buy it. But if the, today resonates with you, this really walks you through step by step how to walk through that, that process of healing. And so I would encourage you to pick one up in the back today. But let's pray. Holy Spirit. We thank you, God, that you are good. You are good. Things in this life are difficult. Sin has messed things up. But God, you made a way. You came to earth sinless, lived a perfect life as a sacrifice for our sins, and were crucified and raised again so that we could have a chance at eternal life so that we had something to deal with our shame that paid the price for our shame, for every mistake we would ever make, and also for healing, for the, the wrongs that have been done to us, the wrongs that have been done against us. Father, for those in this room that have experienced abuse, abandonment, different burdens, difficulty in life, being abandoned by parents, going through poverty, God, the, the list is endless of the burdens of this world. But God, you provide rest and refuge for us. You are our safety. You are our salvation. God, may we run to you today and this week to lay our burdens at your feet and ask you to heal us from those moments, from those burdens. Thank you, God, that you care about us. You, you haven't abandoned us. You came down, you stepped onto this earth in order to get, win us back. 
And we look forward to the day, God, that we spend an eternity with you in every pain point, every horrible thing, every sin that's been done against us is gone. Thank you, God. Amen.